Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas. Today, we have another incredible guest joining us. His name is Pastor and Mentor Nelson Aprigio, all the way from Brazil. Nelson, such a pleasure to have you here today. How are you? Hey, Dallas. Hey, guys. I'm very, very excited to talk to you about me and about my plans or my project for to lead a podcast on leadership and mentoring. I'm very excited, too. Just to tell our audience a little bit about who you are, Nelson, you are a seasoned professional with a diverse background in leadership, business, and mentoring and over 20 years of executive business experience. But not only that, Nelson, you and I have been doing ministry for the, together for some time now. And my pastor, Chris, all, the other host of our show, you wouldn't do, you've would you been doing ministry with him as well. And so Nelson and I have done ministry together in Brazil. He has taken me to some amazing churches. I was able to see him preach. He was able to translate for me sometimes to allow me to preach. And we just, we've had a lot of great experiences together. And Nelson has helped me wow. and my family personally during my wife's pregnancy, during some different situations throughout our ministry in Brazil. And so Nelson, thank you so much for all the things that you've done to help me and my family and help our ministry as well. So it's a it's a great gratitude for me to have you on our podcast today. Well, it's so touching. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> well, to be honest, it's a pleasure to me attending to your audience, being part of your life as a minister, as a preacher and missionary. Uh, it's an honor for me because you're doing good and great things in Brazil. So if, you, if, if, you, if someone has opportunity to listen to your preachings and ministry, that is a kind of life changing. Everybody, I was able to be interpreter. I was so blessed by the way God sees you. Let me tell me about tell about myself. I'm 57 years old, senior manager and um, purchasing global sourcing in for retail company. I've been, I've, I have worked over 10 years at Walmart and other major retailers in Brazil. I live in Brazil. I have traveled for over 25 countries. And my mission is train the trainers. I'm married. By the way, this month, I, I make 36 years married. That's wow. a this long month. time. Congratulations, Nelson. That's yes, amazing. 36. And, and the same month, I complete 40 years as a servant of Christ. I was, I was found by Jesus Christ when I was 70 years old. I was a very young man looking for opportunity, eager to be someone. I was lost. I didn't believe in God. But when I met Jesus, by the way, when he met me and when he found me, I, I didn't find him. I didn't find him. He found me mm -hmm. and he, he skilled me and saved me. He opened the doors for me. 
I had mentor on business, I had mentor on education, and my pastor Alcir was is one of my mastermind mentor. Alcir Florentino is a lawyer, he lives in America, and he was the one who mastered me and prepared me for business life, Christian's life. And you know, he was a kind of a mentor that Paul and Timothy he prepared me to be the person I'm now. A person I am, and I'm so glad for Alcir Florentino and others for people that got prepared. So I'm mentors, pastor, I business executive. I am a grandpa. I have uh, two grandchildren, six years old and seven, uh, eight years old, and I have two sons. One of them, one lives in Portugal. He's a director of business in a French company. And the other that's married. Is a general manager and a CEO of a business intelligence company. They always speak very good English and they are international people. So what is my um, my purpose is to pass a torch, Dallas, uh, uh, is to, to pass to the new generation everything that I could get as a gift from God. That's my, um, that is my mission, pass the torch on leadership. Yeah. And you said earlier to train the trainers. And I think this is amazing because it's not just discipleship in the church. It's also business. You're also training the trainers in business and how to execute success. You know, this is a very important thing as well. And I want to touch one more thing. You said Alcir. And I do remember this moment, Nelson. Was it not Alcir's ne uh, nephew or his son, yes. or his grandson that we recorded an episode in your house, actually? Yes. Alcir, yeah. Alcir grandpa. They'll see you have interview okay. and yeah. has um has his his grandpa is Alcir Florentino dos Santos, is Alcir uh, uh, grand, grandfather, and he's a man of over six years old. He's a fantastic person, and I had opportunity to meet his grandchildren, yeah. grandson. That's you know and I happened to be in the house the same day he came to visit, right? Yeah, the same day we're there. So how yeah. could the second, third generation together? Mm -hmm. So it's life giving life. That's fantastic. That's, that is fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. And they will be very glad to, to know we are talking about the two old series. The yeah. one that started everything, brought his family to America, and the other one, that the third generation, that's a very you know, respectable person, mm -hmm. a very young man, intelligent man, smart girl, man in America. So it's not, it's very, it's exciting to see generations walking together. Yes. It is. That's my mission. To connecting to Nelson, thank you so much for joining us on our show. And I want to talk a little bit more about your recent project that you just started. It's called Born to Lead. And so you have a podcast, you have some books that are coming out, you have some other different things that you're offering to our audience and to your guests and your audience as well. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Well, everything started in 2005 when I was invited by Hey Guy International. Um, it's an institute in America uh, from Baptist Institute named Hey Guy. I got a scholarship to go to Singapore and I, st I stayed there for four weeks with people from 60 countries. It was amazing and a brainstorm uh, instruction on servant leadership. When I came back to Brazil, uh, I came totally different. Uh, I was over 40 years old and I learned a lot about servant leadership. And the basic of a servant leadership is that you are measured not by the number of the people you manage, by the number of the people you serve. 
So more people serve, more your servant leadership. So the, your influence is much higher when you are a servant than when you are a boss or a manager. So with this kind of um, um, up, upside, mm-hmm. upside down thoughts, because it's totally disruptive, we are learned that you are more powerful when you have more people under your leadership. Mm-hmm. And now someone says, no, it's not really. The reality of things that more you serve, more you have a power, and more you prepare people. And they say, okay, I need to be served. To be served, yes, you need to serve, to be served. From that, I've gone in, in the 10 years over 2007, now it's over 15 years. I have traveled for over 25 countries and more than 20 universities teaching leadership principle to the ethnic generation. And what I offer that's different for most of things we have nowadays. I don't offer a kind of um, methodology how to be successful, how to be rich. No, I just pass my experience that the new generation, Z, the Zoom generation, or the millennial generation must learn that the X generation, they have abilities, they have experience, that if you melt with the new generation, will we'll, we'll result in an open and a new rhetor. So you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to despise the old experience. And not only the new, you have to measure what you know with what I'm learning, you produce new fruits. Yeah, and are you having some friction with this, this word that you're bringing to people? Is this some, some backlash that you're experiencing, Nelson? Yeah, as, I, as you know, I, I'm working in retail, and every time I have opportunity to hire people, I prefer to hire people with very low experience, but higher energy. I mean, the Z or millennial generation, but I sometimes I bring also the senior senior men and the women with old experience, but they are not too fast. They don't have mm-hmm. the same energy. But when you melt them, my maturity with your velocity, with your speediness and your intelligence, when we put that, we have a bone with wow. power and speed. So it causes friction because the new generation wants to do everything in two or three minutes. They want to do it now. The older generation, they say, okay, let's think about that. I'm not sure. They are more afraid of taking risks. But when both get together, you have the balance. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. It's not one or another. It's one and the other one. It's both, not only one or another. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Are you a fan of soulful pop rock music? Look no further than Elson Sutanto, a talented singer, songwriter, and pianist from London, UK. With over 15 years of experience in crafting iconic songs, Elson's live performances are influenced by legendary 1960s soul artists like Sam Cooke and Bill Withers. Elson is set to release new music in 2023, including his latest single, Thankful to You, Lord. Don't miss out on Elson's amazing talent. Find his music by searching at Elson Official on YouTube. Are you looking for a way to gain access to groundbreaking, clinically proven products that affiliates an opportunity to create the holy grail of entrepreneurism and residual income? Then Theon Global has everything that you need. Whether you're a verified influencer or a curious adventurer, Theon Global will meet your ambition 
and help you unlock your unlimited potential. Simply join, share, and earn. Find more information at thehealthblaze.theonglobal.com. And going back to this, you have 20 years of retail experience and executive experience as well. So what do you think was the biggest lesson that you learned through those 20 years of experience? One, one very great experience is gratitude. What you have done now is, is it shows everything. You are telling to your audience that someone that they don't know was very important in a part of your life. It means gratitude. You have to be grateful. Most people is forget to, to be grateful, uh, the gratitude power to the, to the people that open doors. So first, uh, the lesson was that never forget to be grateful. It's important. Humbleness is much more important to be humble than to be smart or to be intelligent. Because we have a lot of people, they know how to do. But because of lack of humbleness, their leadership lacks power. Because you have two opportunities. You have a boss or you have a leader. If you, if you work with a boss, you do only what the boss ordain or give order you to do. But when you have a leader, you do, not because they ask you to do, you do because you believe it. It's a the buy-in. You're so inspired by him that you do much more than he asked. Mm-hmm. That's what I learned. Don't be just a boss, because a boss, there is a specific little time. When you are a leader, you inspire people. People goes over. They go beyond what you expect, because inspiration calls more productivity. Mm-hmm. And if there, I know that there are a couple different types of and different styles of leadership. Can you give us some of yours that you think work the best and some that you think just don't work at all, if you could say? Well, the thing that the, the one that is, does not work at all is to be popular. Don't try to be popular. If you just like to make people feeling well, that does not work. Um, the workplace is not a place to feel well. Um, the, the relationship between boss and the, the, man, the leader and the, the managers or your leadership um, and the employees is not, I have to do everything you like. Mm-hmm. I like the, 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 the leadership that, um, let's say, that confronts you, put you in a higher barrier, make you do much more. And sometimes it, it's disappointing because they say, what you did is not enough. I don't like mm-hmm. what you did. But you have ingredients in you. That's the secret. I, I, I say, I reprove, I disapprove what you're giving me as a, as a work, as a job. But I show that inside you, inside of your human being, there are some ingredients, but very, very, very good, that if you work on, on it, the results will be much more. It's like doing a cake. Uh, I, I give you a cake and you tell me, your cake is not good. Let's just change the ingredients and you have a better cake. So what is my, 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 um, my mission as a leader tells you how to do a better cake because you have the ingredients. Maybe you're using the wrong ingredients. So that's it. Yeah, I like that. That constructive criticism goes a long way. That's, that's right. Mm-hmm. For me. So the well, we have to receive done, it as well. That's another part, another challenging part. We have to receive the criticism to do better, right? That's the humility back. that you were talking it is about. It's back. And the other way that does not work very well is not only popularity, but author, authorities. Yeah, when you are very authoritarian mm-hmm. and just say, do because it must be done. 
it does not work in the new generation. Generation, the millennials and the Z generation, they are very critical. They say, no, tell me why. They want to know everything, why I am doing it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I, 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 I won't do that. I, they, they want to know the purpose. As a leader, you must understand. Um, the people want to know why they are doing that. Tell their whys, not just the what. Let's talk a little bit about your mentoring as well. You've been mentoring over the years. And so what led you into mentoring and what do you like most about mentoring other people? Well, Dallas, you know, I like to do mentor on, that's very different. I, I prefer to work on teenagers, the young people, yeah, 18, 20, 25, 30, because these are the generation they are um, willing to do something different and they are open to hear. Mm -hmm. um, and they they give you as uh, uh, on the um, they also give you uh, uh, as a returning their thoughts and their ideas. So when I sit when with someone of 25, 22, I'm working with a visionary young man mm -hmm. or a woman. It helps me because they see what I cannot see. So what I do is to give my tips or my advice on the wrong steps I have done before. So I tell, I tell him or her, don't go on this way because I did. And I made some mistakes. It's more principles, okay? Um, I like this generation because when I work on the teenagers or, um, let's say, newcomers to the market, people, someone, some students that has just finished the school or the high school or the university, they are entering the first level in the company, at the company. Yeah. They don't know the corporative uh, environment. It's a it's a war, yeah. It's a force. It's a jungle. Corporate environment is a jungle. If you don't know the rules, some bar, someone will devour you. That's mm -hmm. it. No mercy. Mm -hmm. And then I I I, uh, I try to teach them to give them some advice or what what direction to go and how to go and when to go. And the best of that that in, in five years later you see the fruits or two years later. Mm -hmm. I have. A several stories of people that start the business and now they are managers even ceos that i have the opportunity to be mentor and when i look back our conversations i see they make progress because they are looking to grow but they need some directions yeah and i like this about the young people kind of like you say i see a running theme here that you work with the younger guys who are more open to correction and open to teach me how to do it. It's kind of like that expression, like teach an old dog new tricks, right? But if you have yes. a young guy, he's willing to learn, teach me, I don't know anything, right? So, I mean, that's, you have a head start there. And and uh, what I get as a result, as a return, because they, mm -hmm. they, they have a return on investment. And my return on investment is, the, is that when we talk and we skills about anything, they gave him some insights that I never thought, well, what he's telling now is very different. Let's talk about, for example, uh, the new medium uh, way of uh, communicating. Mm -hmm. Every time I talk to someone from the new generation, they give me a lot of ideas that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an exchange of experience. That's mentoring. You pass what you have done and you don't want to do again because it was bad or it was good. And you help the new generation to avoid some accidents, okay? Yeah.
Mm-hmm. I want to go into something a little bit different, Nelson. This is something that I personally struggle with. And I think that it's something that I need to identify for our audience to understand first, then we can go into it a little bit deeper. So first, I'm going to ask you this. What percentage of pastors in Brazil would you say have a full-time job outside of the church? What percentage would you say? Well, it's, uh, it's not too much in Brazil. It's getting now, it's getting more common, but it used to be double job. For example, I'm a pastor, and I used to be a pastor for a three church for during eight years. And Sundays, during the weekend, I was in the church, and for the weekdays, I was working a company. And so Outside I was of the not, church, right? Yes, I was. Right. I was paid by my company, and my mm-hmm. service in the church was for free. Yes, mm-hmm. it, it, I was not paid for that. I did my best, but I tell you that, well, you have some collateral effects because you don't have enough time to prepare people. Mm-hmm. But on the other way, I did it by, it was my self-offer uh, in a way that it was my gratitude to God by everything mm-hmm. I learned. And I was fruitful, but if I was full-time pastor, I should have more fruit. For sure, more better. I wanted to explain this to our audience too, because this culture is different in the US. Because I think in the US, typically, if you're a pastor, you're in the church full time. You're not a pastor and a business executive or something like this. And so, this is something I've seen in Brazil. The majority of pastors work a full time job and are a pastor at a church. And so, just to give some explanation of that first. Now, with that being said, Nelson, you are also one of those pastors who who did that. You just said it. How do you find the balance between being a pastor, leading people, being a shepherd, and doing the business life? How do you find that balance? Um, it's a kind of transition that this is doing now. If you talk to old church like Assembly of God, um, the, the Pentecost Church, mm-hmm. they were people of a by vocational pastors with mm-hmm. double jobs, <laughs> the church. And nowadays they are moving. Uh, they understood that if you have to be to have an f- effective church, you need a full-time pastor. Yeah. But uh, it's we have much more full-time pastor nowadays than in the old times. If you talk about the Baptists, the traditional church, I tell you that hundred percent of them they have full-time pastors. Mm-hmm. If you go to Pentecostal or new liberal church, they are moving to have more full-time pastors. Mm-hmm. Assembly of God that they don't follow this style because they still they 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 have a very few number of people on full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the new the liberal church, the new let's say the new community church, they 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 was born in that methodology. They know we need a full time pastor to be successful. How mm-hmm. to do that balance in Brazil? Uh, it's complicated. You need to have people behind you. So you are not only the same pastor, you have two or three pastors helping you. Then you have to divide, split your time between your family, your work labor, your work time, and the church. So it means that Saturday and, and from the Sunday, forget you are 100 time in the church. It, it, that's the difference. Yeah. You don't have free time on Saturday and Sunday because we are pastor. Saturday and Sunday full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have more to say on that, but we'll talk about this on another day, another episode <laughs> about this topic. Because yeah, we'll, we'll just leave that for another day. We'll talk about that another yes. time. <laughs> let's go in this awful word, the pandemic. I mean, why do we want to talk about this? But I do want to touch on it because I do think that it changed the way that we do business, not just in Brazil, but worldwide. 
And so if we can talk a little bit about the pandemic and how you saw this transition, the market in Brazil. Oh, it, it caused a lot of uh, difference in leadership and business. Mm -hmm. um, during the pandemic time, I was uh, leading in international business uh, retail company in Brazil. I was used to travel three or four times a year, international travels. And we had to cut travels, international travels, trade shows, everything. So we start doing business on remote basis. It's, we, we as Brazil, we are not used to that. And uh, it's, I, it's a totally different culture, but in Brazil, we insist that being physical, we are a Latin. We are, as a Latinos, we need to touch. Yes, we like touching. We like shaking hands, we like to kiss, you know, Brazilian. When you have a meeting with a Brazilian, we start a lot of talking, energy, power, laughs, and so on. When we went to remote business, we learned that we have to go focus. We have to have an agenda direct straight to the point. First, we, we have to cut um, personal meetings, face-to-face -face meetings. Um, so we have to be, to be more prepared because you cannot read the body language. Mm -hmm. You are smiling, but I don't know if it's, it's a, real, a real smiling, but we are, when you are face-to-face, -face, you can read the body language. Uh, it was difficult, first time. Uh, second time, about time zones. Imagine you have to have a meeting with China. You have to be 11 p.m. or 3 a.m. to have a, a business meeting in China. So it caused a little of a turbulence in business the first time. But later on, we learned that it's a very, very important um, alternative way of doing business. Um, the remote, the video, the Zoom or team, Teams meetings. Um, on the other side, we lost. Can you imagine that you are new in a company, uh, Dallas? You are just hired in a company. How can you do the onboard in that company? Mm -hmm. Everybody you know by video never saw before. You have one week in the company. So the remote basis, I mean, work at home. When we say, we say Brazil home, um, uh, home work, yes, uh, uh, work at home, uh, it's totally different uh, in, in Brazil and America. Because we are not used to that. We don't have office at our homes. We use our table, dining room, and so on. So we have to learn, to learn how to do business. Uh, uh, it was good for the senior people, I mean, people that was working a company for a long time. But for newcomers, it was a disaster. Mm -hmm. Because you have to learn the company culture without being involved in the company culture. You're just talking about the company, but you don't know anybody. You just know people on the camera. So it was proved yeah. that we lack, we lost, we lost the learnings in that time. It, it was not very good. But it was good for people that in Sao Paulo, we take an hour or two hours in that traffic channel. Yeah. So you can Which is so real. It. It's so real. <laughs> yeah. So... That's good and bad. So for retail, we have to learn, uh, as an old dog, we have to learn a new trick. Yeah. How to work remotely. And for retail people, it was really challenging. Would you say that overall it took Brazil to the next level in their markets? Because learning this new skill of working remotely, working hybrid? Yeah, yeah. Because we learned that, for example, scalability. 
um, uh, work remotely using the media gave us the scalability that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So I can have China, I can have India, America, Europe in a video conference at the same time. Yeah. Instead of going meeting meet you one here and another week, uh, so it saved it, it saved our time, but also gave us a vision about scalability. How can I do something that can be usable for anybody the same audience? So it was good. Also delivery. Do you have an idea? The growth of uh, the growth of delivery. Small pizzeria, small snack bar, or bakeries. They were used to sell only on the counter. Then learn that they had to use deliver and the deliver the e-commerce moment yeah, uh, in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So it brought us to a new level of sales. And nowadays, sales by internet are so great, are so powerful that you have a lot of influencers telling you how to do that. And I tell you, if you have a good product in Brazil, internet is the best uh, retail place to sell. It's the best marketplace. Mm-hmm. We learn a lot. So it was the good effect. But mm-hmm. other, in the other side, we became a little bit less smart mm-hmm. because you don't have people to to interact. You see, you don't have that time to get together with other people, get new ideas. So there is a kind of a balance on COVID-19 that good and bad working together. And I'm happy about the increase of Brazil because I'm going to tell a funny story here. When Chris Busher, Pastor Chris Busher, came back from Brazil about six years ago or something, he was, I felt like he was behind. I felt like he was really behind with technology. <laughs> and I felt like he was, he had a lot to learn, right? When he came back. And I was like, Chris, I didn't understand yet because I never went to Brazil or never been to Asia or, or I pretty much have been in the US other than going to Belize for one mission trip. But I was like, Chris, Brazil can't be that far behind. Like, I think you're just, something's wrong with you <laughs> because Brazil can't be that far behind. And I came to Brazil and and if I'm being honest, my when we lived at the farm in, in Sao Paulo, we didn't have internet. It was only, it was really, really bad internet that we had. And so yeah. like we, we, we were taken back five or 10 years really from being in the US. But I would say today, I mean, things have increased a lot since the pandemic and, and since things have happened. I would say Brazil has has caught up, I would say, from my perspective, that I don't think it's that much of a difference anymore from the U.S. and from Brazil of what we're achieving and re- receiving, right? Would you agree with me or do, am I saying well, I agree. When Chris was in Brazil six years ago, he, he, he launched the, the, his English school, yes? Yeah, yes. And the, I don't remember the name. Um, Uncle Sam's, yes. Uncle Sam's, yes. Uh-huh. I saw... Uh, Chris, why Uncle Sam's? Okay, because for Americans it makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Uncle Sam's people was considered that he was part of Sam's club company. Yes, <laughs> hey, which is good too. That's good marketing. Yeah. I say Uncle Sam's. Okay, okay, Chris, you have to understand. People you think about Sam's club, Walmart, it worked well. Yeah. And he had to teach English personally. Yes, mm-hmm. basically yeah. because. Internet at that time was something that was considered for lazy people. Mm-hmm. That time, six years ago, if you had remote ba- remote job work at home, oh man, people say work at home is for pe- lazy people. People mm-hmm. that work, um, you know, um, they don't want to to go to the office. They 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 sleep between the job between yeah, work times. Yeah. They have three hours and uh, at the lunch. It's not true. 
uh, as a matter of fact, we work much more at oh, home. Yeah, that is different. Remote. I work 12, 14, 16 hours. It's wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I forget even to eat. <laughs> mm -hmm. And and when he came to Brazil, that was the culture. If you have to have a, a, a in school, you have to have an office, yeah. a, a building with people working for mm -hmm. you, and then make the subscription, description. You know, uh, you need mm -hmm. a lot of people. When he moved to 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 internet, it worked very very bad. It was not working well. I tell that COVID expanded the way of doing, yeah. and then now doing it virtually is much better. Well, Today, much yeah, I'm know. still teaching with the school, with the same school, and every single class that we have with the school is 100% online. And it's yeah. so much better because I was traveling to, to businesses as well before the pandemic. I would travel from here to there to here to there, and you waste so much time traveling. When you said two hours in a traffic jam, Nelson, you're not joking. This is real. Sao Paulo yeah. is one of the biggest cities in the world, and it has 13 million people in counting. And so two hours in a traffic jam is a normal Tuesday. This is a normal day. And so it takes so much time out of your schedule when you have to do that. But now working hybrid or working in the in at the home office, I mean, it's so much, it opens up so many opportunities. You can talk with people from China, from India, just like you were saying. From China. You, you may have a customer from, uh, uh, from uh, every place from the world. Yeah. Six years ago or five years ago, if you have, a, if you ask it to your student, um, would you like to have a personal class mm -hmm. or digital class or virtual class, they would say 90% will dance for you. You can't learn online? Are you crazy? Yes. You no, no, it doesn't online. work because we, we, we cannot learn online. Online was considered low level class, even yeah. for university. Someone mm -hmm. about that was graduated by online training. Uh, even the human resource managers will say, okay, you did online university. Mm -hmm. That's okay. It means that you don't have money. You didn't have money to pay a first class. And now, when we see that we have Harvard doing great teaching, great mm -hmm. great class or training sessions online, we have most of American universities. Mm -hmm. So the Brazilian universities are doing the same flow. Even the companies... You know how it works uh, income training? Uh, uh, in company training, they used to do it physically, yes? Mm -hmm. Put people in a hotel, mm -hmm. in a big place. They used to pay a, a huge sum, amount of money. Now they learn that, no, let's do it virtually. Mm -hmm. We do it virtually once a month or once a year. We do a, a general meeting that's a physical meeting. But they, you, they do it online. And there is even... A, uh, a university, my company, Dennis Food Company, they have a, a Dennis Academia, Dennis is a, a, a academy that is online, that covers 20 count, 20 states, over uh, 25,000 people, and we are all online. And I tell you, the, the content, mm. the quality is so, so good that they don't miss any class. It's online, mm. uh, it's impressive. We we just we move it. That is we move it. We are not considering digital class low cost yeah. or low quality as we used to consider. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. That's a great change in the in the space of Brazil. Another thing, we just had a person on the podcast a couple episodes ago talking about AI and how advanced intelligence impacts business, family, and the church. And so without Anything, any prior discussion to this? Because you and I have never talked about advanced intelligence, Nelson. How would you say that this is 
Is it in play? Is it happening in Brazil right now in business? And if it's not, how do you think this will impact Brazil once it does come into Oh, it's happening. We don't see it, but it's happening. Artificial intelligence, it's now on in, in the app. Yes. I was I worked as a consultant last few few months ago. I was giving some advice for um entrepreneur and he, he made an app, he has a map that you ask about insurance. And then you just give your age and the car you have. The, the system gives everything you need in a few seconds. Even if you have a problem with your flat tire, for example, mm -hmm. or an accident, the, 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 the AI gives you, gives you in a few seconds the number of the, the closest security service you need. And even the number, then you just give an information. Number three comes the name of a person, where he is, uh, and you say, yes, I need to, this kind of assistance, and you can follow by mobile. By, by. It's working. It's happening. There is no way. It, it helps you to for logistics. Um, it is it's estimate you the cost of reporting products, the best vessel, the best freight. It is, it's happening. We mm -hmm. are not seeing nowadays, but it's growing and growing, not only for QA or for, uh, let's say, uh, when you, you ask some some thing by by mobile, but it's working a company. Companies are using that, for example, to estimate your inventory. In a retail company, in a supermarket, you need to work uh, the sales and the purchasing measure. So the uh, artificial intelligence will, will make you a study and they will foresee, based on the, on the last years, they will estimate how much you need to buy and how much you are expect to sell. It's it's work. Incredible. It's incredible. So if I were if I were 25, 21 years old or sixteen years old, I would move from retail to this area because it is the the profession of not not for the future, for nowadays. Mm -hmm. We are lacking of scientists, data scientists. There is no people available. So you, you see business intelligence people use artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence as a part of a support tool yeah. for business. Mm -hmm. Get ready because a lot of changes are coming. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what this other expert was saying about AI, that changes are coming. We're going to see the AI advance in the next three years faster than we've seen technology in the last 50 years. That's how quick things are changing. Things are going to change so quickly in the next couple of years with advanced intelligence. And so, again, another conversation for another day. But I do want to touch on... <laughs> you said I was not expecting that, but... Yeah, that's, I, I, I wasn't either. I wasn't either, but here we go. Here we go. That's, that's, I like that because, you know, I learned about that because I have mm -hmm. to get ready in a few months, a few years. Not only you have, a, a, okay, you have automated car that works without driver, but can you do you know that China has made some experiment that you have a buses that is a kind of um, uh, a market. It's a supermarket, small supermarket in a bus. It goes in condo in, in city. It start. Then you enter. There is no driver. There is nobody saying you buy your foods. You you just do it by scanning. Yes, by your eyes or just wow. your credit card, and you go and and during the night the bus goes to another city. Doing sales, it's, it's artificial intelligence with that. There is artificial intelligence behind that. It, it is on place. 
just you know Amazon Go. Amazon mm -hmm. Go is a store that works with that uh, technology. Yeah. Wow. Wow. There's a lot of changes to be to come. And for our audience who did not listen to that episode, go back. It's so interesting. And we don't just talk about the way AI affects business, but also how it affects the church. And that's I think that's the most important part of that conversation. And so that's a really, really interesting episode there. Yeah. Well, I hope they don't replace pastors. <laughs> yeah, they tried. There's a, they there is a church in Germany that did this. They had an yeah. AI preach a message in Germany at a Catholic church in it's an interesting go check it out on YouTube if you haven't seen it. It's pretty <laughs> That's wild. They did. But the thing is with that, the, the AI can never have the anointing, right? No. The pastor has the anointing. The the AI can never have they can know the word by studying, they can do all those things, they can have the knowledge, but they'll never have the anointing of God. And so no. we, we need pastors. We need pastors. We are saving. <laughs> we, <yeah. laughs> We're good. We're good. Ministry is good. Um, you also took a, a trip recently to India. Nelson. And so I saw some, yeah. of your, some of your stuff on that. And so um, just tell us a little bit about how that happened and what did you do there on your trip in India? Oh, well, my visit to India was um, was a surprise. In October last year, was I was contacted by via LinkedIn to come to India to talk about Brazil, challenges and opportunities. So, uh, you know, we have to investigate. So I was investigating if it is a real company, I, I don't want to be naked, so I know somebody asking me having a Brazilian or having documents, my documents, and then doing something fake. And after investigating, I saw that it was a very serious company, uh, Notify. Uh, it's a plat business platform, and they do this kind of event once a year, and they bring people from Latin America, Europe, America, and Asia together to about, about vitamins, supplements. It is nutraceutical market. It's a market of vitamins. It's, began, it's beginning, becoming so huge, so in, incredible, big, that they, people like me and you, we, we want to live longer. So we, we are taking much more medicines. So once I was approved by my company to go, I dedicated to learn much more about uh, this segment. And I was there. Well, I I was surprised because I was um, I was at uh, I, I was staying at um, I stayed at Taj Mahal Palace Hotel. It's a palace. Mm. It's, it's a, <laughs> you know the the the, the Prince Diane and the Prince the, the Prince Charles and the Queen Mary. Oh, even the the John John Lennon from Beatles was there. So having been there, uh, I was so honored to be there. It was the first time that as a Brazilian was invited to talk about Brazil for that segment, nutraceuticals. Uh, so it was very important. And for me, it was a challenge because I was with Unilever, Nestle, um, Mway, you know, all the IFF, all the big companies that works for vitamin. And, and I was there just talking about um, legislation, imports, uh, taxes, and international global logistics. And also I told them about the culture of doing business with a Brazilian. You know, it's not easy. Yeah? When Brazilian, if you say you have a meeting 4 p.m., and if you make a meeting with a Brazilian 4 p.m., uh, you have to make sure if 4 p.m. is for today or for tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> And usually we get late in 30 minutes because we have the traffic jam. Yeah. And for Americans, American thought and you, even Europeans, it's a lack of respect. 
Mm-hmm. So I was telling them, don't get panic if you make an agenda and a Brazilian gets late. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not because he's willing to do that. Because of lack of planning is something that we are, we are we need to learn more. Yeah. And there, there are a lot of things in our culture that's different from Indian culture. But in another way, we are very common. I learned that they are very, they are, uh, they work harder. They're workaholic. They, they, they are willing to grow, to, to grow because mm-hmm. India lo- lost this day of opportunity for China. Mm-hmm. And now India has 1.4 billion people. They are bigger than China and they want to be the leader again. So I learned a lot about one thing that is very interesting for me that India works as China. They work on family basis. They have family first. There one thing, there is something that's very important to India. The old, the old man, if the dad goes away, the, the, the older son, the first son, the firstborn takes place. He's responsible for the family uh, until he dies. It's amazing. It's amazing. The respect for family is so big, it's so big that when mom is still alive, Everything is done for making her, let's say, happy and giving her a better, a better life. They never forget family. It's something that I like. That's important. Family first. Mm-hmm. Not company first. Not business first. Family first. And business on family base. Education on family base. Religion is on family base. Everything on family. Family is a company. It's a community. Yeah. We, you are not successful if your family is not successful. It's, it's wow. amazing. It's amazing. And I'll say in the, in the US too, it's more individualistic. Like, I'm good. I'm more, I got to be focused on me, 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 right? I think that's that's the US culture, yes. I would say. Yeah, I like this uh, India. We Brazilian, we are a little bit divided. We are a little bit too lost. I mean, not, we are not um, I culture, but we are not a family culture. Mm-hmm. We are we are now influenced by we need to have things. We have we have a lot of influencers telling how to get rich in ten lessons. And there and the people just believe that it's possible to make just like that. They forget that the process are required to be successful. You need it's to not an price. overnight thing. It's not overnight. No. It takes time. No. Process. Unless you get the lottery. Yeah, <laughs> that's another overnight. <laughs> Which this is not a, a suggestion for our audience. Go play the lot. Not a suggestion. <laughs> no, no, no. You have to work. You yeah. cannot rip if you don't if you don't yeah. sit. There is no harvest if you do not put a seed. If you not plant it, mm-hmm. this generation learns to learn to have a tree. The seed has a long journey. Yeah, you cannot have a tree tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You put a seed and be patient, patient day after day. But when you have a tree, don't forget, because the tree is what you see. Look to the to the root, mm-hmm. to the grass root. The root is more important than the tree, because the root gives you sustainability to face mm-hmm. the storms, the storming, the hurricanes, the cyclone. Everything comes if you have a root, a great and deep root. Like bamboo, Chinese bamboo, yes. Yeah, yeah. I want to have, I have two more questions prepared, Nelson. This question, I want to talk about the 
working to live or living to work. So from my perspective, the American culture is a little bit different than the Brazilian culture. I think from in America, we have too many things that we don't need. I would say like we have so many toys, so many boats and four wheelers and motorcycles and like just a lot of stuff we don't exactly need, but we work and have a, a good life and a fun life. I would say Brazil, I think a lot of people work hard, 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 and we don't always see a lot to show for that from my experience, right? Yes. What would you, what can you say about this, this culture of Brazil and how is this changing and, and what's holding people back from this area? If you could say. Well, I, 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 I like what I see in America at a certain point because most of Brazilians live in America. They, they just work. Mm. They want to be successful, but they spend their, their whole life, the entire life, just work and work, work. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, they, when they come back to Brazil, they, can, they, they, came by, they come back empty-handed. They say, mm. I brought nothing, just experience. So there's no there's meaning for working, 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 yeah. accumulating things. I don't like that way. It's important that you need certain things to have a good life. I, I like the way that you use the work to bring things that makes your life comfortable, pleasant, and and also to honor, adore God, and help people. Mm -hmm. I mean that work must be the middle part of the machine. It's not the final product. But what we have, the, we have learned a long time ago that everything is important. The most important thing you have to do in your career is work. Then comes uh, COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are dismissed, fired, without any merciful, any mm -hmm. thought. So can you imagine working 25 years, 16 years in a company? So what, what is the balance? Uh, COVID brought us a thought because people just died by a virus without any, without expectation. They were good and the other day, or they are bad. So it brought us the conscience that, but don't forget you don't live to work. You work to give a very good life for you and, and your family. Mm -hmm. If you do more than that, you have an imbalance. Like a plane, you know, plane has two wings. I have um my former CEO told me that you have to 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 you cannot have left wing high or the right wing high. You have to balance the wings of the, your plane. Yeah. So it's a challenge. If I would say, what's the best? Try to do the balance. Try to find the balance. Because yeah. Job, job, the work you have today, you may not have. That's it. But family, five years of you have you have kids. Yeah. If you yeah. if you miss the first five years, they will not repeat. The first five years in the school. Ever think that you you miss in the first five years of children see again because they are ten, fifteen, or twenty. Forget you cannot. It won't be able to do later on because it's another people. Mm -hmm. I work mm -hmm. in Anabalas. That is my. That's what I tell to the new to the. We are doing a service in a church. Be hundred percent in the church. Never mix seasons. Yeah. Excellent. Nelson, my final question for you today, over all of your years of preaching, what do you think is your favorite message that you always love to preach? What do you think that is? Ah, uh, well, can I tell uh, one of the best messages I heard from an American? Okay. Well, you can say. <laughs> when you were in Guarulhos, 
you're talking where um, when you talk about Jesus, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned about um, where we are going to. Remember uh-huh. that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you, were, you translated me in, in Guarulhos for this message. Yeah. Man, where we are going to. Yeah. At the end of the preaching, you said, we are going to where Jesus Christ is, yeah. where the sinners, where the lost people are. Yeah. I tell you, it was impactful. I, it was three years ago. Yeah, I would say several years ago. Yeah. I still remember. I still remember. And to Samuel, one of our best friends, Pastor Samuel, he said, man, that is is amazing. He's too young to have such message, deep message. So let me me use that. I like the message that tells about bringing people back. Mm -hmm. Lost ship. Yeah. Uh, where the lost chapter are. 15. Yeah. Yes. Chapter 15. That's because the first, mm-hmm. we have it, three passages. One's about the, the chip, one and 200. The mm-hmm. second is about the coin, one for 10, and the other is one for two. Yeah. So it's a downgrading. God words about a lot of people, but one for 100, one for 10, and mm-hmm. one for two, 50%. Wow. So wow. if you say about percentage, I'm doing numbers now. If you are 1%, you are important. Mm-hmm. If you are just 10%, you are still important. If you are 50%, you are important for Jesus, no matter how big or how small you, you are part of the process or for the community, you are mm-hmm. always important. And I like it then when the lost, um, not the lost ship, but the, 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 the man, uh, uh, the the son, yes. Uh, we 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 have uh, the lost son. We say the lost son. Mm-hmm. The prodigal, the prodigal yeah, son. Yeah, important we say the lost son, but uh, I like the American that say prodigal son because it's more uh, uh, it's more rated. He just moved when he considered that. What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. He remember where he was. Yeah, and he made a comparison. I'm here, but the I was there. In the past, I was better than the present. Yeah. He said, I made a mistake. And because his conscience said, you made a mistake, he admitted it, he raised it, he got up and started making his trip back, his journey back to his place. So what I like is bring people that went far away, that lost the route, that made the, the, the wrong journey, bring them back. My message is to bring people back to the future. Yeah. The futures today, people that are lost, but if you bring them back, they will do great things. If mm-hmm. you if you have considered that passage, the lost, the prodigal son should late years later, he was a farmer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was yeah. a farmer again. Amazing. He was the CEO Amazing. of the farm. Mm-hmm. But everything changes when you admit that you made a mistake. But the miracle happens not when you admit it, not when you assume it, but when you get up and start walking. So start, go back home, walk, right? go yeah. back home. Because mm-hmm. everybody makes a mistake. Everybody will take a wrong decision. But what is the first you from the better you yeah. is when you take a way back to the foundation. Yeah. What that back to the is. Father. 
right? Back to the father. Back <laughs> That's the it. Father. That's Be it. back to the father. It's the best way. It's the only mm -hmm. way, not the best. It's the only way to redo everything again in a better way. Back to the father. Excellent. Nelson, So thank you so much for your time here today. I'm super blessed to have you on the podcast. It's not the last time you're going to join us here on the oh, show. Oh, surely. One day, I hope to have you and I and Chris all together on a call. That would be incredible. Oh, <laughs> that would be uh, fun. So okay. let's see if we can try to make that happen. I'll get him on the call and see what we can do. But um, I just want to give you this last opportunity, Nelson. Where can we find you, your podcast, and some other information that you may have? Maybe your social media platforms. Uh, my social media is born to lead www.borntolead.online so you find me in my youtube instagram and podcast so you can find me there it will be a pleasure you you, you have also a book that's also it's available um in portuguese but later on you're going to have a born to lead book in portuguese and also in english we are working on that excellent some things to look forward to. So join the podcast, subscribe to Born to Lead. You can find, again, his links in the description of our podcast today. Such a pleasure to have you here today, Nelson. If you can end our time together with a prayer, I would really appreciate that. Okay, I will make a prayer based on our conversation. So thanks God for the opportunity we had to be here. And my prayer is that we are back to the Father. So mm -hmm. I, I, I like Jesus. I would like that anybody that are listening is now understand that maybe you have made a mistake. Maybe you have to take wrong journey, wrong step, but don't worry. The only thing you have to do is get out, get up and be back to the Father. Back to the Father and your life will be back again. Go back to the Father, your family will be restored. You back, be back to the, to the Father and your job, your career, your promise will be restored. There is a father waiting you, full of blessing, full of opportunities, waiting you to be back. And when you are back, there will be a party already prepared for you because you are a son, someone that just went away. But you'll never, you'll never stop to be a son. You are a son and a prodigal son. But be back to the father. There is a party for you and a blessing for you. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.